0: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Water, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 26th of April, 2011. And I always start off this broadcast by advising newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You find hundreds of audios that I put up over the years, where I try and give you shortcuts to understanding this incredibly complex system, way above politics, although it uses politics as well, but way above politics, which guides the world along a predetermined path, like a big business plan, really, where they work out different parts of the agenda, the social agenda, uh, the animal agenda as well. That's coming up next year, too, with the Rio Summit and so on and uh, and how everything's going to live in its little corridor or its little habitat area, including what's left of humanity. And uh, hopefully, as I say, I'll give you the shortcuts and you can piece it all together for yourselves because most of it doesn't appear in the news. What does appear in the news is never the full story, and that's how your opinions are made, by omission of half the other side of the story. And uh, you're always guided into the conclusions you're expected to have. It's an old trick, of course, and now they, they incorporate that into neuroscience as well, all that kind of uh, uh, chronology, as I call it. And remember, two all those sites I have listed on the com site have transcripts as well of a lot of the talks I've given over the years in English. And if you go into eu, you'll find transcripts in other languages, too, to choose from. And you can print them up and pass them around to your friends. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on the guests disguised as as uh, as experts or whatever who end up selling you stuff. So it's up to you to keep me going. The ads you hear on this show are paid directly to RBN for the broadcast, and that pays them for this time. It pays them their staff, too, and their equipment and their airtime and their debts as well. They've all got debts, believe you me. Everyone gets the bills coming in. So you can help me with mine by... Buying the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthrothemetrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, personal checks are still okay. So are the international postal orders from your post office to Canada. And you can also use PayPal to order. Just use the donation button. You'll see how to do it on the com site and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. CrossRest, the World Western Union, MoneyGram, and you've got PayPal as well to order. Remember, donations are certainly certainly uh, uh, appreciated because it's costly to do what I do. I'm just in the process of renewing a whole bunch of websites right now, too. And uh, they all have to get paid on time. And the reason I have so many websites is because I have so much trouble in the past with websites uh, giving me hassles where they say I'll run out of this space and I've got to wait a month before they increase it and all this nonsense as they give you the runaround from a much higher source, of course, because if you're not authorized to be out there in this day and age, believe you me, uh, you, don't, you never get plain sailing and anything, the simplest things, in fact, are, are going to give you a trouble. And that's what hassle is all about because... Our minds are guided by information. And always remember, it doesn't matter if I start giving you the wrong information too, you have to really start wondering what's happened to me. Because all information has to be authorized or at least countered, at least countered by similar information with spins on it from other sources. We're living in a battle. There's always been a battle for the mind, always. From the earliest of times of writing, battles for the mind have gone on. And uh, those who control, as true, the pen is mightier than the sword, control the minds of the of the public. And since really we live in a a parasitical society from the top down, uh, that's what we've been given as a normal uh Then those at the top, the dominant minority, as Quigley and other philosophers have talked about, historians, you'll find that they must continue uh, dominating into the centuries and centuries beyond now. Back with more after this break. folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and and talking really about how the future is always planned out and it's done by definitely secretive societies, let's put it, call it that, secretive societies that once in a while get their names in the paper, most of the times they, they do not and of course we know that they also use technocrats as Brzezinski called them and quickly called them too. Uh, Brzezinski himself was a technocrat that was sent across the world to get the jobs done uh, And he was never elected into anything Therefore he was never responsible to the public But he had a lot of power and sway And he could go across the world to world leaders And advise them on the way to go Well, this is how the world is really run And this voting stuff is just a a kind of panacea for the public To make them believe that they're somehow involved In their own destiny. That's all it is. And it stops revolutions every few years. Over a 100 years ago, 200 years ago, in fact, they found out that revolutions or rebellions tended to break out every five years or so. So they gave us this thing called uh, democracy and elections to make us think that uh, and it kind of puts off revolutions and rebellions, you see. And it's much easier to handle the public because in democracy, you simply vote out the present bunch and you hope the next bunch will be better. And that's what you really do. And and it's when election time comes around. So we don't have rebellions and the the revolts and so on. Now, the ones who have access to to real government, of course, we know are the guys that put them in. And the guys who also work for the guys who put in the politicians, meaning the lobbyists, are also given access to the politicians to make sure that they go uh, along with the right agenda at all times. Now, the bureaucracies are incredibly important because uh, the parties come and go, you see, and they keep shuffling different politicians back and forth, but the the bureaucrats are always there. They spend their whole life, their career, involved in their their departments. They know what the big long-term agenda is, and that's why Churchill said we've got to do what Adolf Hitler did, make sure that we have the civil service in our pocket because, you see, these are the ones that really count. They really do count. And no politician actually can even uh, get anything done at all without the the bureaucrats who are in charge of those areas uh, coming out and helping them along through their four- or five-year term. So that's how it really works. Now, lobbyists are quite amazing because uh, they bypass, again, uh, the general public. Uh, The world is run by foundations and non-governmental organizations, all working, all funded, really, that when you follow the pyramid, it's the big, incredibly big private banking system that sets them up. And of course, when you go into foundations, the book called Foundations or Power and Influence, you'll also find out how they started up. The Rockefeller one, for instance, began really as a way to to hedge uh, their their, their, their need to uh, pay so much taxes for the all supplies of America, basically. And so they, they use this too to make sure the world goes in the direction that they want it to go. And of course they're only part of the, of one big massive organization across the world. And it is one organization at the top. But here's an article here that appeared in the paper and it shows you how nothing is ever as it seems to be. We know this, this carbon tax thing is a must be. I mean, Lord Rothschild tried to introduce it in 2002. Uh, and he eventually did reintroduce it again in 2010, but uh, in 2002, he had the, the bag sewn up, basically, that the cash would come through his family private bank in Switzerland, and Al Gore, of course, was rampaging across the world on, again, Rothschild's and Rockefeller's behalf pushing the same scams, a must-be thing, in other words. I call it must-bes. Nothing's going to stop it. It doesn't matter if you snow all summer long. They'll they'll, they'll keep saying uh, climate change or global warming. That's been dropped for climate change, which means the weather. The weather is always changing. That's what seasons are all about. But it's a nice way to obfuscate uh, reality for the public. They can't think through things. And what they really mean by this is there's too many people. It's man-made global warming. And man-made climate change. This is what they're really getting at. And of course, their answer supposedly is to tax uh, you into utter poverty. Well, they fatten themselves at the top again. And that's really what it's about: to plan society, living in third-world poverty across the world. Much easier to bring the populations down that way too, and manage them as they as they simply go down the tubes. So here's an article here: lobbyists who created the climate gate scandal. Uh, and uh, academics are funded by the taxpayers and the BBC. This is how they work things out at the high levels. They don't spend their own cash. This is a little-known not-for-profit company, works behind the scenes at international conferences to further its aims. One of its key supporters headed the official investigation into the so-called climate gate emails. I mentioned that at the time, he also worked for the Royal Society, producing a report which cleared experts of deliberately attempting to skew, meaning falsify, scientific results to confirm that global warming was a real threat. And I mentioned that at the time I read the article, and says, look who they've sent after to, to investigate is one of them. Anyway, another scientific expert linked to the group came forward to praise a second independent investigation in the Climate Gate of Fear, which also exonerated researchers, set up with the banking, the backing of Tony Blair, then the Prime Minister, and run by a group of British members of Parliament and peers, that's the guys that get all their the peer group, as I say. Uh, The organisation Globe International, it's called, started life as an all-party group based in the House of Commons. So you think it's all for the people. No, they have private companies working in there too, run by you. You're paying for them all. It's now run as an international climate change lobbying group, flying its supporters and expert club class to international summits to push its agenda. Last year it said it spent around £500,000 flying its supporters to these meetings. That was Copenhagen and so on. It's also paid out at least £75,000 on travel for prominent UK politicians, including uh, uh, for its former presidents, Elliot Morley, the ex-Labour Environment Minister who now faces jail for expenses fraud, And Stephen Byers, the former Labour Cabinet Minister, who was suspended from the Commons after he was filmed describing himself a cab for hire when offering to lobby his parliamentary contacts for cash. They're all crooks, you see, that's who you pick for these things. Now, Globe is planning a mass lobby of the United Nations Rio 2012 Summit in Brazil where the world leaders will discuss climate change by holding a world summit of legislators in the city to coincide with the event. Now, for those who don't know it, um, the first Rio summit was uh, headed by Maurice Strong, who is a Rockefeller frontman uh, for the big organization above. Uh, Rockefeller picked him up very young and basically made him a CEO of oil fields and everything else to see how the real the real world works and the real economies work the world and then he worked as a technocrat for uh, Rockefeller and the world's group that owns the planet um he even was set up in china to help uh, uh the world trade organization use our tax money to get the factories over to china so they based him in china for a while lovely accommodation he had and a public broadcasting program that was on one rainy sunday a few years back they showed him in in beijing and he was vis- he was visiting the graveyard of one of his relatives i don't know if it was a cousin or an aunt but it said that she was one of the main confidants and advisors for Mao tong so you you're, you're talking about people who have long historical backgrounds and revolution for the big world system uh, that's still on the go today quite amazing how it all goes but anyway the first Rio summit gave animals rights and trees rights and everything else rights. The one thing they didn't give rights were, were humanity. Uh, but what they did discuss too were corpus corridors for, um, humans to live in and habitats and the corridors for animals. And any human straying over into the animal section was fair game to be eaten and it was just too bad, so sad and all the rest of it. And of course they get masses of funding from your tax money across the planet. And t- to put you basically into uh, a, a kind of um, mud, mud hut village, I call them, because that's what they'd like to, to put you in down the road. Probably will too, because we, we won't afford anything else with all the taxes. Anyway, the next one is 2012 Summit. Something you gotta watch because you will not believe the, the documentation that will come out of this. And of course, all they do is, is have their big fancy meals there stuff themselves, do a bit of quantitative easing off their chairs, and sign the papers that they've been working on for years and years. That's what these meetings are really all about. Anyway, back to this article, and it says here, Next week, the group's current president, Lord Deben, the former Tory cabinet minister, John Gummer, is due to launch a major report on climate change policy alongside Chris Hewn, the Energy Secretary. The Globe has also recently held behind closed doors meetings with William Haig, the Foreign Secretary and other senior coalition ministers. So here this, this is a private company having secret meetings with your politicians that you're paying for, supposedly, to represent you. What a joke, anyway, it's never been that way. Since last year two prominent experts linked to Globe were drawn into the controversy over emails leaked from the University of East Anglia's climate research unit. Lord Oxborough. The organisation's director was called in to head an internal inquiry into the leaked emails which included one infamous message referring to a trick to hide the decline in global temperatures because it's been falling for years actually. The peers' investigation cleared the scientists of malpractice but critics claimed the report was a whitewash and Lord Oxborough also feared to declare his involvement with Globe, this private corporation, before he began his investigation. So they get their own boys to investigate themselves and to clear them, and so on. And it also says, Meanwhile, Bob Ward from the Grantham Institute, which works alongside Globe, praised a second inquiry by former civil servant Muir Russell, which also cleared the climate researchers. And Muir Russell also is a member of the Royal Societies, who's all for the climate change and blame the people stuff. So Globe's international work is paid for with donations from multi-millionaire backers and through partnerships with other environmental groups. Global also confirmed last night it received direct funding from the Department of Energy and the Department of International Development, including a a grant of £91,240 provided by a DFID since the coalition came to power last year. So they're using your tax money as well. And for the big corporations like IBM and so on that back them, because they're all on board together, folks, um, that's just a tax write-off for them anyway. This is more cash from the DFID is filtered through the Complus Alliance, which is a sustainable development communications alliance, they call it, of broadcasters based in Costa Rica, which is also supported by the BBC World Service Trust, the corporation's independent charity. And, of course, they get their big cash from the taxpayers as well. So it's all sewn up, folks. Back with more after this break. Hi, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix reading an article about one of the, the big organizations that helps work uh, helps working behind the scenes to get this global strategy on carbon taxes and all that through on the public. Not only carbon taxes, but literally design a new way for you to live and get the governments to pass laws to make you and force you to comply with them too. That's how the world is really run. But it said here in the same article here, as I say, the BBC's World Service Trust, the corporation's independent charity, uh, also gives this, this organization cash. It says Complus, which was awarded the DFID cash last year and in 2006, says it's an ongoing relationship with Globe. That's nice that, that way they put it. You know, I hope they're proactive. Helping it run shadow negotiation teams at international summits of world leaders. What's a shadow negotiation team? That means the ones that don't want to get their names in the limelight, folks, but they have more power than anybody else. A spokeswoman for Complus said the BBC is a founding member, not a funding member. They can make in-kind contributions like organising events, supporting logistics and sharing content. In other words, they they fund them by paying for this rather than direct contributions. It's great how they've got it all figured out. eh? She added that Complus did not fund Globe but worked with them on convergent objectives. They convert the same strategy to bring us into mud huts. Last night, a DFID spokesman confirmed the department had given COMPLUS £250,000 in total to provide research, advocacy and communications work. That means propaganda on the public for communications work on the impact of climate change. The spokesman said that these contributions were awarded under the previous government. The current government has not given them any funding and that would be a lie too. You'll find out it will be continuous and we'll find out about that next year or maybe after the next year we'll summit. The BBC's trust money is drawn from the £15.2 million a year it gets from the Foreign Office, that's the British Department, the Foreign Office, and the DFID, and £800,000 from licence payers, because you pay a licence to the government for the BBC to watch their rotten indoctrination shows that they have on there. The BBC charity failed to respond to questions about its relationship with the project and how much this involvement was costing, I should add to taxpayer. And the Zoological Society of London, the world's famous charity behind London Zoo, also provides Globe with scientific advice, providing high-level input from its top conservationists and zoologists. Globe said it paid ZSL for its expertise. Yeah, sure. And who also funds the Zoological Society of London? And who's the head of that? Another member of the Royal Society. Last night, Globe's General Secretary Adam Matthews says, Globe is not a lobbying organisation. No, it's a shadow. It's a shadow organisation, eh? Is an international group of legislators. It was set up by the legislators themselves, the guys that get the laws passed. Eh? We facilitate them coming together to discuss environmental issues. Our members have multiple views, some quite sceptical, and on some aspects of climate change debate. We're funded by the World Bank. Well, the World Bank also gets... Uh, funding to them as well, the Economic Union, and as their big inter- government over there now, the Soviet eh? international de- uh, parliaments and governments, including the UK government, the coalition government contributes to our work through uh, DFID. It's, it's just astonishing that the public are kept in utter blind ignorance of how the world really does work. This is only one area. This is one area to do with the environment. Global International registered as a not-for-profit firm that pays no taxes under the name the Global Legislators' Organization Limited and makes minimal disclosures about its finances to Companies House. That's where you have to register it there in Britain. Last year it declared a £500,000 loss but still managed to fly a number of key supporters to summits and international conferences. It says Barry Gardner, Member of Parliament, as Vice President, former Labour Biodiversity Minister, attending to at least four international conferences on Globe's behalf, including a trip to Tokyo, Japan, Seoul and South Korea, costing more than £7,000. Another trip to China cost more than £8,000. Mr Gardner's daughter is also a member of Globe's full-time staff. That's, that's just coincidence. So, It also paid nearly £3,000 to fly Gregory Barker, now Coalition Climate Change Minister. They're all in the pocket, eh? All these politicians are in the pockets of these private organizations, eh? So he flew me to Washington, D.C. And then there's a whole list of different people, too, who are also uh, on the, the, you know, the, the pay tab of this private company that gets funded by the taxpayers who know nothing at all about it that's going to make them live in little mud huts down the road. That's the reality, that's the real world, and none of it's mentioned at voting time by any of these puppets that they put in front of you. Now, there's an article here, but billions of dollars sneaks out the door through United Nations committees, and it's from Australia. So this is worldwide, you see. See, the Council on Foreign Relations, that that basically runs, it even has foundations, front foundations, that they, they set up to get everybody and all the other corporations and foundations on board with the world agenda. You see? So you've got to take all the countries into consideration here because whatever happens in one is happening in another at the same time in exactly the same way. Same laws passed too. So billions of dollars sneak out the door through United Nations committees. There are billions of dollars of money sneaking out the door of Western nations and being used to feed the monster bureaucracy, the UNFCCC and its cohort. In the carbon tax that ate Australia, Tony Cox and David Stockwell point out the Australian contributions fly so under the radar, despite being millions of dollars, that even the Australian government seems to have forgotten and agreed to pay them. See, they're, they're paying the carbon tax. It was passed by that Fabian socialist that took over from the last Fabian socialist as a Prime Minister Greg combat the Minister for Climate Change Promises, every dollar of the Carbon tax will be given back to the people But he's talking about the people across The world, because you see, this is the redistribution Of the wealth, it doesn't go to the people Of the world, by the way, or to Africa or anywhere It goes to their own corporations set up In their other countries Isn't that wonderful? Democracy is just, we're giving it to People in the Middle East right now, you know uh, One way or another uh, Back after this break You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and just going through some of the, the carbon cons that are coming out and how it's all going to to little little uh, straw and mud huts basically down the road We will live in little villages and we'll wear little grass skirts if we're lucky if we're allowed to cut the grasses and make the skirts out of them as long as they're enviro-friendly we'll be okay I suppose and you'll get little commie supervisors who work on behalf of their fascist masters who will come around to make sure that everything's okay but back to the the article here it says here that um, 10% of the Australian carbon tax was given as a tithe to the United Nations and then there's $599 million as part of the first, the fast, I should call it, a first, a fast, all right, a fast start finance program over three years. That's in the pipeline too. So the governments are committing massive amounts to United Nations. You see, and here's from here's what the countries are, are committing right now from that Copenhagen meeting they had last year. It says Australia's going to give $599 million. Belgium is giving a hundred and. Uh, 50 million for fast starts and their total um, for, for uh, is, is for 42 million dollars or euros, I should say, 42 million euros. Canada, Canada, we've got one of the highest tax brackets on the planet, uh, we're given 400 million dollars. Isn't that nice? Just to get up going quickly, the fast start, which will always stay there when you're paying the main stuff up on the side of it too. Anyway, it says Denmark is uh, paying uh, 308 million dollars. Um, and it says uh, European Union is 150 million on top of all the independent countries under the Union as well Finland is 110 million uh, France is uh, 1,260 million euro Germany is uh, 1,260 million euro Iceland uh, 1 million euro uh, Lux- Japan is 15,000 uh, million US United States dollars uh, Luxembourg is nine million euro, uh, Malta is one million euro, Netherlands is €310 ten million euro, Norway one thousand million. Uh, eventually, I've got up to three hundred eighty-two million. That's what they've got to actually mark down for Norway. Um, Portugal for faster is thirty-six million, and once it's up and running, it'll be twelve million per year, I guess. Slovenia is uh, eight million euro. Spain, 375 million. These, some of these countries, remember, were bankrupted just recently too, and they're going to really get it again. Uh, Sweden is 800 million, and Switzerland is 140 million. United Kingdom is 15,000 million. Oh, sorry, 1,500 million. What's a few thousand here? They're dealing in billions these days, eh? It seems so, like, petty cash now. We're so used to trillions of dollars in debts and stuff. Anyway. That, look at the cash, and you wonder why these big international corporations are all on board with their shadow governments and stuff. Working with, you know, behind the scenes there. Because these are the guys who are going to trade all the stuff that you're paying, eventually, you see. That's, that's the con that's going on there. Big, big money. In fact, Rothschild said it. says this is the next stock market. And there'll be no other stock market eventually. It'll just be for basic stuff like food and so on uh, as they take the world down. And this is going to take over from the stock market, basically. It'll be the new type of investment in, in eliminating carbon, supposedly. And they've got the big magicians already with, with uh, scientific-sounding terms and so on ready to con you all into believing it. So anyway, that's out of Australia. And... Uh, it's interesting as I say that um, how Australia really has been, I've said years ago that the CFR said that it was going to be part of this Asian uh, unit, uh, block that they're setting up, Australia and New Zealand in fact this boots going back from the Council on Foreign Relations back to 1930s, talking about setting China up as a big honcho for manufacturing and Quigley himself touched on the fact that it was the Uh, there was two organisations, the CFR set up as front groups to help work down through the the years many, many years to bind them together with China these particular countries and uh, one of them was the Institute for Pacific Relations Uh, that's what they called it, it was national CFR, uh, totally funded and organised group to make it all happen. Anyway, uh, there's an article from the Australian it's called, and the Prime Minister of Australia, Julia Gillard or Gillard, um says she she rejects the need to contain China. In other words, she's so happy with with, uh, the now business projects of working with China and mining there and so on. There's a lot of farmers coming in as well, by the way, from China into Australia, and uh, they're being integrated. If you read through this long, boring article that misses most of the truth, um, then you'll find that uh, they're actually integrating the systems. That's why the last prime minister, also a Fabian socialist, also spoke Chinese. Well, that's why they put him in. So that's to be part of the Asian project as well. And that was decided long before I was born, folks, or most of you as well, I suppose. What comes out true uh, after the events never really bothers anybody because we think now that 20 years ago or something is somehow ancient history and that's how people are taught to be, uh, to think nowadays, you see. If it's not up to date and brand new and happening today, it's of no interest to anybody. But for those who remember the Falklands War and the British ships that got sunk when Argentina went to war and claimed over uh, the Madeiras, they called it at the time the Falklands Islands. And... Um, who was financing these exoset missiles and all the rest of it, who paid for them all. No one answered the questions. And now, now that it's okay to tell you, uh, it's in the mainstream media, Mail Online, a deep-rooted hatred of the British, how Israel's uh, armed a junta in Falkland's conflict. And uh, it says here, Israel secretly provided arms and supplies to Argentina, during the Falklands conflict, according to Revelations in a New Book, Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin had such a deep-rooted hatred of the British that the Jewish state covertly became the biggest supplier of military equipment to the Argentine military junta. It says, gas masks, radar alert systems, air-to-air missiles and fuel tanks for fighter bombers were sent from Tel Aviv to arm General Galtieri's forces. The most audacious deal involved supplying 23 French-built fighter aircraft, Mirage three Cs, which were camouflaged with insignia of peru so the camouflage all dodged that but they arrived after the war was over the particular um, aircraft but i remember at the time it happened because um when the british troops stumbled across the some of the equipment caches that the argentinians had they found that better equipment than they had even the night vision gear and all the rest of it and um It says, and and then they show you a picture of Margaret Thatcher shaking hands with then Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin in 1979. But the Jewish leaders' hatred of the British prompted to send weapons to Argentina's military junta following the Falklands War, or during the Falklands War. And Britain, under um, Margaret Thatcher, retook the Falklands Islands in June 82, two and a half months after Argentina invaded. Some 255 British servicemen, more than 650 Argentinians, and three Islanders were killed. I remember too. Uh, that is uh, kind of ironical because the, the British ships that were sunk uh, actually the British were sinking some of the Argentinian ships and Britain had, had, not, had only sold them to Argentina, Argentina a, a few months beforehand and they were still get, paying them up in installments and Britain had to sink them uh, and so it's just amazing how the bankers always win and here's Israelis giving them all this equipment and the uh, exit missiles and stuff that's the real world we live in folks Quite something else, isn't it? Isn't it just something else indeed? Mm. Also, I put up a video tonight. It's uh, New York uh, uh, school teachers uh, at their, uh, I think it's their their union meeting, uh, discussing how to promote Marxism and socialism in the classroom to fill the nice little empty heads with uh, things they should think about and believe. So I'll put that link up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Now, Americans depend more on federal aid today more than ever. It says this is USA Today, and it says uh, more Americans depend on government assistance in 2010 than at any other time in the nation's history. It says the trend shows few signs of easing, and though the economy recovery, economy recovery is nearly <laughs> recovery is nearly two years old, and uh, it says. Um, a record of 183 of the nation's total personal income was a payment from the government for Social Security, 18.3%. Medicare, food stamps, unemployment benefits and other programs in 2010. Wages accounted for the lowest share of income, 51%, since the government began keeping track in 1929. <laughs> the income data shows how fragile and government-dependent agricultural recovery is after a recession. It's a depression. Let's call it what it is, that officially, e- officially ended, because some guy said so, in June 2009. The wage decline has continued this year. Wages slipped to another historic low of 50.5% of personal income in February. Another government effort, the Social Security Payroll Tax cut has lifted income in 2011. The temporary tax cuts puts more money in workers' pockets and counts as an income boost, even when wages stay the same. <laughs> And you're paying higher taxes and everything's going up in price with inflation. It's it's quite beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it quite, quite beautifully? And and I'm also putting up tonight, too, an article to do with uh, India. Uh, India's now investing into the new third world nations. You see, India's getting financed to go up with our tax money, by the way, under the World Trade Organization. That is the rule. They don't pay any carbon taxes for 20 years. That's all agreed to by the world community. They know those guys that represent you. And they can pollute as much as they want and all the rest of it. And um, they're going to bring in jobs into the third world to help them on. So they're sending um, negotiators over to the USA, you see, now that it's third world. And they want um, the child labor laws altered so they can start setting up little plants in America where we can make little glass beads and sell it back to the Chinese. But first you'll have to bring in slave labor again and child labor. And so there's actual real negotiations going on right now to lower some of the U.S. state's child labor laws. No kidding. I'll put that link up too. Isn't that wonderful how we're going through an economic recovery and and the the up-and-coming nations that that your your cash is making up-and-come are going to give you jobs back in return? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful, folks, this hands across the sea stuff? Doesn't it make your heart just, just boom with pride and love for humanity? Hmm. And old story, but again reissued, because it happens all the time. We know why they're in Afghanistan. We've had so many videos out now with troops protecting the poppy fields, American troops, British troops, and other countries' troops. And they give you a minuscule amount of cash that's actually been used to make sure these, these poppy fields are taken care of properly. £300,000 of your money found its way to al-Qaeda terrorists, supposedly, from aid budget. Well, we know they're not terrorists anymore. They're always working with the CIA, even today. But British taxpayers' money was used to fund a key aid to al-Qaeda terrorists. The documents reveal more than £300,000 from the British aid budget was paid to an Afghan politician, Mulan Haji Rohallu, uh, according to uh, papers released by the whistleblowing website Wikileaks, Rahula received the money to run a scheme to eradicate poppy crops that were linked to drugs trafficking. Uh, that, that was a recover story, right? And it says, um, but instead he allegedly supported al-Qaeda and helped terrorists escape allied forces while continuing to traffic the drugs himself. Well, that's what they're all doing. That's what Bush did when he went in, remember, to, uh, to Afghanistan. He made it law that they could start growing the poppies again, remember? So the heroin could flow through France and other countries and be refined into the heroin. And that's what, of course, is a big income, massive income. And lots of big banks would just totally crumble if they couldn't launder that cash through them. Lots of them would just crumble to, to, to place, even Canada too. And the RCMP said that years ago. The big banks would fall... Immediately, if they stop funneling all the drug money through. So remember too that Britain um, was basically the country that uh, funded uh, opium operations from way back in the 1800s, and even during the the early um, 20th century, a, a politician brought up in Parliament when he found out in the 1920s that, that the British opium company was still on the go. Nobody knew. The whole country was kept in utter ignorance of this. And um, the taxpayers of Britain were funding it and its policing and all the rest of it. And then you turn into the books of George Orwell, and Tony. his name was Blair, and uh, you find out that he himself, his father, uh, was the overseer sent over to Burma to look after the poppy fields there. And all the people who who got shares... In this crown corporation were obviously crown, the crown, the crown, and their relatives. And the British taxpayers funded it all and put railway lines in so they so you could ship it out in bulk and all the rest of it. You know, nothing's really changed, folks. We have shadow organizations, shadow ones. They make laws with all legislation and legislators on board to make sure that you go and live in little mud huts. Isn't that nice? Well, Those folk who want to go back to nature, good luck to you. Good, good luck to you. Nice little dream. And you can live in a little Fantasia world of Disney. And Britain too, just to show you what's coming across the world, every new pet dog must have a 35-pound microchip implanted Uh, and it says plan to control dangerous animals by putting all 8 million pets on massive database. So while we're on the database too, so that's what they mean by quality, everything that lives and breathes carbon has to be on their databases, you see. And when you register anything, by the way, to a government, you no longer legally own it. I hope you understand that. If you own something, it's illegal to steal it from you. So if you register it, you're actually giving them uh, the first dibs at the ownership of whatever it happens to be, your car or anything else. So once you've done that, you can't complain when they come and take your pooch away. And it says, um, a confidential White House document obtained by the Mail Sunday says, the compulsory micro-tripping of dogs and change of ownership would affect anyone breeding dogs for sale or gifting to another person or persons. So you can't even give them away. This would apply to anyone breeding dogs, whether they're a breeder or a private person whose bitch has a litter, uh, whether planned or not but the proposals last night prompted criticism. Well, you you always get criticism, but nothing else is done because agendas go on, you see. And and that's how things are done. On collective reasoning, they use it. Well, somebody's somebody got bitten on the West Coast, therefore the collective punishment is all your dogs are going to get chipped. That's the Soviet technique, you see. They're using it Uh, because we combined with the Soviet system, the fascists feel far safer safer when they've got a massive bureaucracy and a massive police force and a massive army ready to to, to make, make the peasants obey. That's why they love socialism. They invented socialism. They gave you communism. The richest people on the planet gave you communism. And even, as I say, uh, New Zealand, because it's lumped into this, this uh, Asian Pacific region group, uh, they're, they're on about uh, the, the fact that they themselves lack capabilities to intervene in a U.S.-China conflict. But then you, you read through the article again, and it's, about, it's like an economic debate, really, about all their trade with, uh, with China and so on and so on. And, and you know darn well it's being, it's being submerged into China. And I'll put that up t- tonight uh, as well. So that is the big plan, and nothing's going to change it. And then we'll go into the new big parks they're creating in the U.S., where you will not be allowed to set foot on. As increase the wilderness areas for the, you know, the wildcats and stuff. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and I'll just jump back to that article actually to let you know uh, what it's all about to do with India, uh, now that they're up on the rise because of your tax money being funneled through there through a whole bunch of different directions and means. Uh, it's, it's, it says Augusta, Maine, joining the ranks of a high on Wisconsin. Maine has become the next crucial battleground in the GOP's fight to reform the country's archaic labor laws, thus restoring the economy to a thriving and sustainable contender in the 21st century market, global marketplace. State Rep. David Burns is the latest Republican lawmaker concerned. The country is not fully utilizing all of its employment resources, which he says is imperative to repaying the struggling economy. Uh, Burns' bill, LD 1346, proposes a significant change to means existing child labour laws, encouraging employers to hire children and teenagers at more competitive wages than their adult counterparts. Under the legislation, employers will be able to pay anyone under the age of 20 as little as $5.25 an hour for their first 180 days in the job, and the bill would eliminate the maximum number of hours a minor could work on a school day. Len Weybel, chief economist for San Narcisco's uh, Peter Pigwood Society said combined with the reforms that conservative lawmakers are working towards on collective bargaining agreements, public sector employment pay, killing socialised healthcare and eliminating taxes you're looking at economy recovery in months not years. Anyway, the fact is you see India wants to get in on the act and give the the next third, third world which is really the US if you get rid of all of its consumerism right now, which is going to happen as the money inflates and inflates. then countries like India are going to be bossing you around. It's quite something else, isn't it? Quite something else. But it was all foreseen a long, long time ago for those that cared to look into what life was all about. No kidding you, it was too. And as Colorado, as I say... Um, Wilderness areas would increase by thousands of acres under a new bill. It says U.S. Rep. Jared Polis marked the Earth Day, the Earth Day, that's the one that's taken over from Easter, for those who didn't know it, by reintroducing a bill that would designate thousands of acres in Eagle and Summit counties as federal wildernesses. During a news conference Friday at the state capitol, the Boulder Democrat introduced the Eagle and Summit County Wilderness Preservation Act's Protecting Colorado's natural treasures means protecting our state's identity and our state's prosperity, Polis said. At their heart, our wild places are an investment, a savings account that pays enormous dividends, both, listen to this, in karma as well as cash. I tell you, Besmanov was right in how they used Hinduism to, to really whack the public's minds. Anyway, Polis' bill got backing at the news conference from Colorado Nature photographer John Fielder and an man, uh Aaron Ralston. The bill would designate 167,000 acres in Eagle and Summit counties as wilderness and special management areas. Wilderness designation would prohibit mechanized vehicles and development in those areas. That's a lie, too, by the way, because under the UN agreement that oversees all these biospheres, as I like to call them, uh, the big corporations can put in a bid to mine or whatever, but no one else can go on the land. It's really Putin all the resources aside, so that only the, the chosen will get in, these big chosen companies. Anyway, everything's a con, as I say, and it's just astonishing that the public continue to expect politicians to change their world for the better, since they're all in the bag of the bagman, the guy that carries the cash. That's who puts them in, isn't it? And people had better do something on an individual basis to wake up Because you can't keep saying we, we, we If you put most of the we together, they start killing each other off Because all have different ideas of how their personal lives and the world should be run in general You can only change yourself Start now and regain your individuality Think for yourself From Hamish, myself from Ontario, Canada It's yes, night to I me, mean, your God or your God's go with you